0: Hello and a warm welcome to the Witch's Tea Party Woo-hoo! with host Amanda, um, that's moi, as a Tantric witch and Ellen, who is a wealth shaman on all things wonderfully woman and witchy. So yeah. grab a cuppa, I think ours have gone cold by now, I've got a little bit of chamomile <laughs> left um, and settle in for this week's Witch's Tea Party. Yay! So yes, as raw and hiccupy as it is. I well, was saying that we want to put a fun spin on a lot of information that's out there mm-hmm. um, and to talk about the, the different stages of womanhood and what that means and what it is to be a mom and what it is to go through our menstrual cycles and be linked to the moon and, you know, all these things that maybe we don't get chance to talk about, um, mm-hmm. especially with this COVID separation. And we haven't been able to meet as women usually do, as community. We come around for a cup of tea and a cake um so this is kind of our online version um ellen do you cool. want to kick started off with anything to do with your journey
1: <laughs> so i feel like intuitively um dropping into obviously the womb space for guidance and what to kind of share today and i think it's um you know i think before you mentioned about you know your bit of your story in accountancy and how you broke free of that and following your path and your purpose and and I feel like with everything that's happened COVID-wise in the last couple of years, there's been a massive waking activation for women and for everyone to actually stop living in the mainstream patriarchal structure and systems of what it is for, to do work or to earn money or to, you know, make a living. And we're kind of all waking up to our own unique purpose and our own unique path. And as women, a lot of us are waking up to our witchiness and our womanhood and our power and what we actually desire because as women... You know, we've been told to be quiet, to stay um, small, to kind of fit in, to do everything for everybody else and kind of not trust and do things our way or what we want to do. So I think... um you know, my path and journey background quickly. Um, and then Amanda, I think it'd be great if you shared yours as well because yours is amazing too, how you broke out of the the mainstream <laughs> sort of structure of work and life, living in that. And I think my background is, you know, I grew up with a lot of stress and anxiety, low self-worth, low self-esteem, um, tried to fit into the mainstream paradigm for a long time. I did the whole, you know, went and got an education, went to university, became a landscape architect, tried to fit into the nine-to-five corporate lifestyle. And I always suffered extreme anxiety and stress. And I always ended up in very masculine, patriarchal um, firms where often I was subtly bullied or put down, um, you know, sort of told I wasn't good enough. And they were reflecting to me how I actually felt about myself. And through some major spiritual awakenings and rebirths, um, I went through a major spiritual rebirth in New Zealand where I went into remote seclusion for several months on a remote farm. And in that process, what I the witch in me woke up (laughs) and it was a very painful, it was a very uncomfortable experience. It was a lot of trauma. And I remember one particular day when I went into, I was in New Zealand and this, I was on this remote farm and there was a um, Croatian woman staying there and she asked me if I could do a reading for her and the reading came out to say that she was a witch and she needs to connect back to the moon cycles and her whole face was lit up and she says oh I love the word witch it's so empowering for me it makes me feel really good and me I was sitting there shitting bricks I felt like the word (laughs) witch activated something in me that terrified me yeah and then same afternoon. It's like God's got plans for you. The divine's got plans for you to wake you up. And then I remember this book by Lisa Lister called Witch kept coming into my life. And when I was on this farm, I got it on Kindle and I started reading it and I remember, as I started reading it, it just activated um, deep trauma in me. Where I realised, you know, mm. I I was a witch, and I was for a lot of lifetimes being persecuted, ostracised, condemned, bullied, all the rest of it. And I remember one particular day when I, I felt this desire to go into the forest. And I got down and I felt this trauma coming out. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't know what was going on for me. And this, the farm dog actually wanted to come with me and I wanted to push him away. And this intuition said, no, let the dog come with you because he's going to provide you with comfort for what's coming. And I was like, what the fuck? And I will never forget, I got down in the forest. I got down on my hands and it was almost like heaving with this raw grief. And I was just crying and I was yelling, screaming. And this dog put his paw On me and just held space for me like it was the most bizarre experience but as I was like heaving I just had all these images of other lifetimes of Mm -hmm. being you know murdered burnt um you know it was almost like my divine feminine was roaring up she was roaring up and all of her unresolved trauma not only of my previous lifetimes but the collective was coming up Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand at the time what I was going through but long story short I got to the end of that rebirth and I realized what had woken up within me was my inner witch, my inner divine feminine energy coming back into balance with her masculine energy. It was like the unity of the divine feminine, the divine masculine. And, um, and I couldn't stay quiet about it. And then I was kind of led into womb healing. Um, You know, Then I became a womb witch and then healing a lot of stuff around that. And now my moon cycle, I now work, I now plan my months according to my moon cycle. Cause as women we're cyclic, we're not fucking dudes. We're not designed to be go, go, go all the time. Um, And yeah, and then I ended up following um, my guidance and then got into spiritual business consultancy, money healing. And then I kind of now have embodied the wealth shaman, so teaching predominantly women. Um, you know, how to create wealth with their soul's purpose, truth and gifts. Because as women, we have a fear that if we tell people what we do for a living, and I know we're talking about this before, Amanda, you know, as mm. a tantric witch, um, you know, you go into big corporations or masculine enterprises and they ask you, what the fuck do you do? And you're like, as a woman, well, I'm an energy healer or I'm a witch or I'm a tantric witch or, you know, or like you are talking about before, you know, you couldn't even get a credit card when you told them that you were a martial arts um, instructor. Yeah. It was like, but if you told them you're an accountant they'd be like yeah sure so i think there's a big healing to take place as women especially when i in a witch like for me every woman is a witch and witch basically means a woman in her power um her inner creatrix um she's connected to the moon cycles the rhythms of nature she's, she speaks her truth she shares her gifts and she makes a fuckload of money unapologetically with that
0: um you know and say- i think when yeah. I when I click this channel, it says "Is it explicit?" and I was like, ooh, do I say yes?" No. <laughs> I click no. <laughs> I swear like a
1: trooper. (laughs) So if you've got kids around, you might want to put your earbuds in. I'm a big fan of the words. um, I'm just going to say it. Sorry, Amanda. But I love the words witch and cunt because to me those two Mm -hmm. words are the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. um, And those two words have been very much persecuted. They have a lot of heavy baggage around them. So I sort of say Mm -hmm. even to my clients, I say if you feel triggered by those words witch and cunt, I invite Mm -hmm. you to look into that because cunt actually is um, cunty, It actually she goes back to our deep roots of the divine feminine like in ancient goddess temples um wow. she was known that you see the words kanti or kanta kant and it actually represents the feminine and it also represents a name for your whole um you know womb space hurrah your everything downstairs mm-hmm. and so yeah, I sort to of say to women, "Look at that," because it used to trigger me. And then the more I looked into that and dealt and healed the triggers in that, it's like for me that word when I say it in my womb space is deep and powerful and like
0: raw. Yeah, because like, I've thought a lot about swearing, and and you go mm. when you say it, you go, well, "Hang on, no, I don't want to, I don't want to say this, 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 and this," because actually you're worse than all those things. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put a negative you know connotation on those things because that's a good you know it's it's, when once you get into it it's like oh i don't know what to say anymore (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: Exactly. so i feel like any of those words that you know if they bring up something you or offend you or trigger you it's like It's not the word itself it's like what's coming up in you that yeah you can look at and heal and release um because it's like i find that you know whatever triggers us is an opportunity to heal and release Mm. something in us and once you've released that trigger it just doesn't show up anymore it just doesn't even touch you anymore
0: and and what i'm doing as well i'm scribbling away at different um because i know we can talk for days i reckon we could do a talkathon and we would win <laughs> we'd set a world record um I'm, I'm i'm scribbling away all these different ideas for different um episodes so it's like we will do a whole episode on masculine feminine energy a whole oh, episode man. on triggers motherhood oh, um man. so as you're talking i'm just like oh yes 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 all that crazy <laughs> flows coming through um yes Beautiful. so um yeah we were talking about because everyone thinks what we do is just a hobby. It's just like Maybe. a fluffy crystal tarot card, like fluffy. Yeah. Like well, I remember being, living with it. <laughs> yeah, me- remember being an accountant and anything I said that was spiritual was, Oh, that's fluffy. That's pink and fluffy. Mm. And you're like, why is no one taking me seriously? And it's been the last few years. And especially with this you know, surge of COVID, there's been a huge acceleration and demand and that's the divine feminine in saying the world needs to change we need to change we need to up level we need to sort our shit out we need to look yeah. at it confront it and do yeah. the hard work and that's caused this huge uprising which has been super exciting and scary and yeah. um, but for us to kind of dive into this work deeper mm-hmm. not as a way to earn money which is there's nothing wrong with that but as a way to help heal and spread Um, And, like, up-level and lead the world into a newer vibration. And, Mm -hmm. yes, our exchange for that energy is money because that's the system we're working on at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's your forte with, you know, being a wealth creatrix is, yeah, not feeling any guilt or shame around that, which Mm -hmm. is... Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: I think it's, you know, it's a powerful paradigm that if you, like if if you're listening to obviously this show today or it comes into your, your experience is that, I guess, you know, your your natural gifts, talents and abilities and your soul's purpose, whatever that may be, is fully and a hundred percently supported by all of life, the divine, your angels, universe, whatever labor you want to put on it, both financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually and physically. And it's like we've got to heal a lot of this junk and this sort of a kind of like almost values conflict around, you know, we believe like I see this in a lot of artists that I work with. They have this story that I can't make a living with my art, I have to stay in a shitty soul-sucking job and then my art's Mm kind of like a side thing and then when you say well why can't you have both, why can't you make art Mm -hmm. and have a wealthy prosperous fulfilling living as well and it's like usually a values conflict going on so it's it's a very powerful time and paradigm of healing and awakening the divine feminine to also because with feminines you're receiving energy so just as you go to a job and you give your time and energy you also receive a paycheck and it's no different that when you go and do your purpose and soul's work and you share your gifts you're giving your energy your life energy Mm, the divine needs to balance that energy out with reciprocating. i can't even say that word (laughs) receiving whether that's form of money or whatever and money is just a physical manifestation of god's love and support for you so when you when you deny yourself to receive support for your soul's work you're you're blocking up that flow of abundance and support and it's like it's all available to you but are you letting it in so to speak so amanda Mm -hmm. i just want to quickly ask because i know you're an accountant so it's really interesting so you've Mm -hmm. got that that masculine physical side of Mm -hmm. you know wealth creation and for the rest of it and I'd really love to hear like your story like what you know started you breaking away from the I was main... going to
0: say the, the fascinating thing and I've already got like 10 episodes right here <laughs> if <I could> be, <laughs> which is like self-sabotaging beliefs and stories <laughs> is the fact that I've literally as you were talking I thought oh my god I've just realized the root of all of this my mum was a single parent and I mm-hmm. watched her struggle painfully all my life mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like from the age of four when my parents split um, my, I told myself that will never happen to me. I will never become a single mom and I will never struggle. So, yes. and I was always into, well, first of all, it was art. So very briefly, I loved drawing, loved painting. I was really good at it. And then one of my mom's boyfriends one day said, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, I said, I want to be an artist. And he said, no, nah, it's no good. You'll never make any money. Yes. And she said, don't tell her that. But that's all I remember. And I stopped drawing. I stopped drawing, can't draw to save my life now and threw away my yes. paintings. So that's the the first thing we hear from other people. But then my next creative flow was writing, and it still is. Creative writing, always wanted to do a creative writing degree. I was an A-plus student. I could get into university. But instead of that belief, that deep-seated belief of, I need money, I need money, I need money, Mm -hmm. I went straight into the workforce. Mm -hmm. And then I was working in a supermarket going, I've got qualifications, not a degree, but I've got qualifications. What am I going to do? And I've got a good brain. What am I doing in my life? And then my friend, my best friend, Divine, uh, my best friend said, hey, I work in accounts. It's not that bad. And she worked as like purchase ledger, which is pretty mundane, just entering invoices. But I interpreted that and I heard accountant. So I was like, I will be an accountant. And I hated maths. I always hated maths. I I never can stand it. And what I did, I'd love—I'll put this in a book one day. In the old school days of anyone, if there's any millennials out there, listen to this, okay? I went down to my local library and um, picked up 25 local accountants in the area. I hand-wrote my covering letter saying, you know, I've just left college, you know, I want a job, you know, help help me. Um, printed out my resume and sent it off by post, like the good old days before email was invented. And I had one reply, one reply. And they said, "Want don't I give you an interview? And it was on the same day as I already had an interview as an immigration officer, which was oh, wow. really, it was paid well, but it was, there's no way, there's no way of going. Like there's no career progression there. It was just, that's the job. And then you're going to get bored. So I know I just thought, no, I'll go for accountancy. And I literally turned up there was i was 18 i bought my first suit you know i didn't know what to do <laughs> and there were so many people there was like 30 other people there they were all like mature people like they knew their shit they all had the you know posh suits on and i thought what am i doing here i haven't got a clue and mm. um, i just kind of laughed my way through and i had to go to one room interview with someone then go to the next room interview someone else and the next room there's like four or five people all all moving around the building and it was a very stuffy chartered certified accountant in England. So you can imagine the, <laughs> ma- the, the macho, the male energy in there. And me with my little glasses, all my glasses, to make myself look a bit more intelligent. And um, I just kind of started giggling my way through because I thought, there's no hope in hell I'm going to get this. Um, mm-hmm. I was 18 at the time, and I giggled my way through, probably flattered my eyelid, eyelids, and they chose <laughs> me. That was my first job. And they paid, for, yeah, they paid for all my study, all my training, and their, their view was it was easier to pick someone with no experience and train them up through the ranks than to bring someone on with the experience that then they might lose or they might seem more of a threat. Like, I was less of a threat, even though I had absolutely no idea. So... Um, That was the start of my accountancy degree. And then as soon as I got used to the money, and you know, there was no credit crunch then either, showing my Mm. age here. So I could get whatever I wanted, and I had the bling. And again, when my mum used to say, No, Mandy, you have to choose. And she used to take me to the op shop for my clothes, you know, and I remember the smell of secondhand clothes. Mm. So when I became an accountant, it was like I'm going to have two pairs of boots, thank you. I'll have the white and the purple. I'll have the bling. I'll have my car on finance. I was going clubbing, got the jewellery, got the handbags, got the shoes. I was loving it. I was like, ooh, ooh, this isn't my best life. Um, but yet over the time with, you know, work hard, play hard lifestyle, as we all know, I was desperately unhappy and my soul being destroyed. Yeah. So it's so interesting. And then look what's happened. My greatest fear was being a single mum. Mm -hmm. and i've become a single mom that's manifested because i was adamant that would never happen to me but my beliefs around money have changed because i've i've always known and had a belief the universe will support me no matter what and sometimes i have money and sometimes i don't but i can change that because it is an energy and i think that's the takeaway here money is energy
1: and more importantly, it's your energy because money is a physical yes. manifestation of your belief systems, and it's just yes. you know, it's your energy manifested into a physical form because your energy is divine, and we're all connected mm-hmm. to that that divine source. It was interesting when you just mentioned before Amanda about you know your mum saying, "Oh, you have to choose," and I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time as well, a lot of our conflict around you know as women and. You know, living our purpose, sharing our gifts, and making money is that we think we have to make a choice. Oh, I have to stay in a soul sucking job to pay the bills Mm -hmm. or to survive and get by. Um, You know, I can't have both. You know, I can't have you Mm -hmm. know this. I can only choose this. But you can have both. You can have a prosperous, purposeful life and business. Or job or whatever it is and make great money and have the time and energy for your family mm-hmm. friends and community like i think we have this deep ingrained belief system that we always have to make a choose we can't have both or if you mm-hmm. have this then you're going to miss out on that or someone else is going to lose out and it's all these limiting beliefs that kind of keep us playing stuck and as well around single motherhood because obviously as you know i'm a single mom as well mm-hmm. and that's been a huge awakening because i don't know if you experienced the same thing amanda but you know, I remember, you know, when my son was probably about six weeks old and he was up late night and I was sitting in a chair and I was so tired and I'm holding him and he's crying. He's just sort of falling asleep in my arms. And all of a sudden I just felt this huge shame and guilt come up around, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, I'm a single mum, you know, um, it was like all this shame and I felt like my family, like this is my family is the most supportive loving people you'll ever meet, but yet I had this story that they were going to judge me and condemn me and ostracize me and put me out in the street. And I thought, oh hang on, this is this is deep. And I went into it and it was a huge wound of the feminine that wasn't just mine, it was generations of women that have been told that if you are a single mother, you must struggle, you must suffer, you are you are worthless, you are a blight on society, you are mm. shameful. And it's this belief system and that's why I believe a lot of women, in particular single mothers, do financially struggle, do um, you know, have a hard time because we carry these deep unconscious subconscious belief systems that mm-hmm. to be a single mother equals being poor. Mm-hmm. But it's like mm-hmm. let's change that story. And I fell into that victim story for quite some time and I remember one time mm-hmm. night my angel said to me, why do you want to, because everything in life is a story and everything's available to us, everything's an option. So it was like, they said to me, why do you want to feed the story of being a poor, broke-ass single mom? Why can't you be a single, rich-as-fuck mom? So start looking for mothers that are rich-as-fuck. And then so I thought, yeah, because what I was doing is I was playing into that vibration and that channel of poor, broke, single mother, so then I was manifesting and creating that, whereas let's take that and let's change it to single, rich-as-fuck mom, and then I started finding other women who were also single mothers who were rocking it, know, <laughs> They were making six, seven figure eight figure fucking businesses. And I was like, this is the vibration I need to get into. And that's when things started to shift and change for me. Cause when you change your belief systems and your story, that's when the external will shift and change in response. So if you want to be the poor broke single mom, and play into that mm. vibration and create that reality. Mm. That option's available to you, but mm. we also mm. have the option of being a richest fuck single mom, prosperous, living our purpose, sharing our gifts, being mm. a fucking witch, and making bank. And that's also available to us. So mm. it's it's all there. It's like the quantum field of options.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> what and my, to. you've hit the nail on the head with um, what's come up for me, especially this past year, with accountability and responsibility um Mm -hmm. is that it's always a choice and i always put that back on people and you go it's what you choose you know it's like what do you choose right now don't don't give me a story don't give me all this blah blah blah, blah. i've got this i've got it's like hang on stop what what do you choose right now and how can you change that that? and that's that's what that's we're so passionate about the work that we do because Mm -hmm. we know it's actually that simple it's it can be hard but it's simple it's as simple as a choice Exactly. And it's like getting
1: into your heart and into your desires. And it's like asking yourself, what the fuck do I want? Like not what Mm -hmm. your husband or your family or your community or anyone else, because as women as well, like I did a beautiful healing session Mm -hmm. with a client the other day and she's from the Nepalese culture and they are very much women over there are told your voice doesn't matter, be quiet, it's all about serving the man and it was oh. a really interesting experience like and it's still heavily ingrained and it was interesting that the wounding around the throat chakra was so heavy like to the point that she couldn't even like express how she really felt and then that was manifesting mm-hmm. as depression and frustration and toxic and abusive relationships and unavailable relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I know that one it was yeah it was huge and i remember she was telling me the story of the women in her family as well also suffer from really severe constipation and the the womb space and the digestive system is our emotional body and constipation is usually also a manifestation of a few things, unresolved trauma or suppressing your truth and your creativity. And it was really interesting how that conversation and that women still today are experiencing that suppression that you know they, they're not, they feel like they're not allowed to ask, well, what do I want? What do I desire? And I remember through this, this session with my client, who's absolutely beautiful, and she was saying for the first time in her life she felt the freedom and permission to ask for what she wanted and not mm-hmm. be afraid to ask for it and to d- to follow what is her desires what's her purpose what does her soul want to be doing not what her mother or her grandmother or her father mm-hmm. and family and cousins and everyone else what does she want so that same question i ask everyone here today listening to this is like what do you want and know and trust that what you want and what you desire is also what the divine wants and desires for you and it is available to you and for you mm-hmm. and not worry about what everyone else wants but what do you want because as women we struggle to do that we struggle to ask for what we truly want and honour our desires. We're always putting everyone else first.
0: (laughs) And and I I will just stick up for all the men out there as well because there's heavy burden of having a male um, uh, job. So, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to be a tradie or I've got to be masculine. And and I know a couple of guys I've worked with in in my line of work because it's very to do with sexuality and the masculine and female energy. Um, And, you know, they're like, I can't talk to men because I have to put on my big act of being gruff. You know, they can only talk to women because then they can actually talk freely and there's a trust and they feel natural. And you go, what? Wow, like this works both ways. Uh, and I know there's been so much suppression from the male that, you know, and patriarchy. men are learning
1: too, absolutely, because they've been told, like, because men, the masculine feminine is in all of us, as we know. And, mm. and I really feel for men, especially like when I was in 2017, when I was in New Zealand, the divine feminine started really resurrecting up. And it was interesting to see that as the feminine roared up, the suicide rates went through the roof, in particular with men. And it was interesting mm. because the feminine is our emotional body, she's our feeling body. And so, mm. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in my father as well. It was like this this huge, um, you know, all the men that had suppressed their feelings and emotions were suddenly overwhelmed with yeah. these deep, heavy emotions that they didn't know how to handle. And I remember when I was in New Zealand and remote seclusion, and I actually had a dream that I was walking in a field of just barren brown soil like in Outback Australia. And my father was standing in front of me with a backpack and he said, Ellen, I'm really tired. I don't want to be here anymore. And I just woke up and I felt this heavy, like I just felt like my father's leaving me, like I just felt this grief. And I woke up and then it was really interesting because then I contacted my family in Australia because I'd had this dream and I was concerned that something was wrong.
0: And my Mm -hmm. mother said,
1: yeah, your father's suffering severe depression and he's been quite Mm -hmm. suicidal. And I knew what was going on and I reached out and, you know, we since talked about it, but it was all about that feminine healing, you know, and men have been told, mm. don't cry, don't be creative, mm. don't, you know, express yourself. And so, you know, in a lot of men that suppressed feminine energy does manifest then as that depression, that suicidal stuff, that, that mm. you know, feeling lost and confused. And, and especially now that everything's shifting and changing, men are losing you know, they don't know where they fit in society anymore, you know, because they've been told that your role is the protector and provider. You go to work, your Mister stays at home. And now women are like, well, yeah. we want to be working and doing our own things. And they're like, well, what the fuck am I meant to do? Yeah.
0: And that was really, that came through really strong last year 2021 um, mm-hmm. with the whole COVID thing. It was like, we need to lead the way we need to be in a, in a it's, so far, it's weird because it comes from a really humble place. And mm-hmm. we've had to do our own inner work in order to kind of go, Ooh, can I do this? But mm-hmm. yeah, like step up and say, look, no, like, this is on a larger scale. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than me and you as two human beings. Mm-hmm. That world actually needs this to lead because we don't, we haven't been taught right. And the world, you know, is pretty effed up right. as it is. It's not working. It's not working. There's, you know, pedophilia still. There's all like, you know, human mm-hmm. trafficking, there's drugs, like, We'd, we haven't got it right and I've, I've just detoured into the drug scene i'm so passionate about this because the you know the way we punish crime and put people in jail and it's like it doesn't work otherwise it would have been cleaned up by now you know yeah. like have not learned the lesson and gone hey you know what maybe we should just legalize drugs and actually make them safe maybe then there won't be a drug problem exactly you know, like the little did, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, so it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's another podcast. I know it's um, really
1: interesting, isn't it? Because I know the passion meditation, um, uh, so uh, Goenka G, he, um, oh God, I can't remember my teacher's name, but he took passion meditation to the prison systems and he actually found that when the men learned how to purify their minds their desire to go and commit crimes or do awful things um went and they actually found that they had usually like when men left the prison system they would usually recommit an offense and come back but then after the ones that had done the passion meditation and purified their mind and cleaned up their stuff mm-hmm. um they had literally almost like no returns to prison and less crime and it's like because at the because he saw and he knew at the root of every being is divine yeah. is love yeah. and it's, it's the mind that when it's filled with all that trauma and junk and shitty stories yeah. when we clean that out we get to the root of who we are and when you're connected to love and source and the truth of who you are you cannot harm another human
0: being just and, kind and of- doesn't it so doesn't it go back to I love this phrase? It was on um uh Ricky Gervais' show, um Life After Death, and it's saying, you know, there is no bad dog, just bad owners. And yes. it's like we keep on treating people the way we treat them. Of course they're gonna keep on we re- recommitting. Like there was like you look it, there's so many amazing docos on Netflix. Like I looked at um America, like I, I had no this came out of COVID. No, being a white privileged, um, you know, middle class, basically good education, pretty easy goddamn life, um, gave me a huge appreciation for minorities mm-hmm. because this has been going on for centuries, mm-hmm. and you know, from a presidential like I can't remember if it was. I think it was Ronald Reagan um, took power. I think. Um, and then all the slums were created, they just made everybody redundant, so they all had to be reliant on the government, and sorry if I don't get this quite right. And then they introduced crack cocaine, and they wanted cocaine, and there were different prison sentences given for crack or powder, Mm. which again is effed up, because the white guys (laughs) had all the powder, because it was all for the corporates, and it was being shipped into into the country, no other way of getting in without the government actually paying it and you just, you looked at it with fresh eyes going, oh my god this is all orchestrated mm-hmm. um, and then you've got a whole heap of black slums um doing crack you know, getting hooked on crack cocaine and you go what choice have you given them they've got mm-hmm. like no hardly no food stamps no education you just strip away all dignity and respect mm-hmm. what are they what of course they're going to commit crime i'd do the same thing if i was in their shoes you know like oh it just makes my blood boil and there's so many examples of that within history. Yeah. Um
1: But it's also, I think, as well, from a, an energetic perspective, it's like, um, and this is something that's been interesting to see as part of the awakening and collective, is that, you know, because as individual beings, we we have that power within us to generate and create our reality. And what I'm seeing is on a large scale that's coming into the collective consciousness is how You know, a lot of in our education systems, we're playing this kind of they're a victim, they're a victim, poor them, they're a victim. Mm -hmm. And if you treat people like they're a victim, then they're going to play the victim card and you're not actually empowering them to stand in their full creative potential. So Mm -hmm. it's like if we, yes, you can have that. And it's like that choice, like if you're feeding into that system and belief of being a victim And it's that person's fault or the government's fault or this person's fault and you're giving your power away Mm. and i think it's up to each individual person you know and even like being witches you know we have huge wounding that we carry from generations and you know Mm -hmm. mass genocide of our healers and midwives and that still is in our cellular memory that we clean out on an individual and collective level but you know i even see in our in our spiritual communities there can be a lot of victim energy you know oh this happened to me or that but it's like well you know, yes, it happened, but do you want to keep carrying that forward or do you learn the lesson, take the gifts from it, evolve, go to a higher level of consciousness and Mm. use what's happened to you as a blessing and a gift to serve and bring more love and more empowerment and empower more people. You know, it's like a fine (laughs) line. It's like you can become a victim or you can take the shit that's happened to you, use it and become a more compassionate, loving, powerful human being in the service of the greater good.
0: And yeah. it, to keep it real, in a true baseball cap uh, and bling style, yeah. that's what the rappers did, you know, yeah. like in the 80s. And it was, you know, they came out with all this angst. It was like, fuck the police. And am like, <laughs> I've been listening to this in little old England, you know, with the Punk and Depression and Margaret Thatcher. And I'm like, oh, that's a good song. And you go, I have no idea what it's actually about. Because it's like, yeah, the police are, <laughs> police are here to protect us. Yeah. And they're fucking us like us. And, yeah. yeah, it was like this mass empowerment. And then the girls came out, salt and pepper. Yeah. You know, and it was like, let's talk about sex, baby. And it was like, yeah, let's talk about stuff that we're not supposed to talk about. Let's yeah. be real. I loved it. I loved that rawness. And it was so exciting coming out of this, like, brown depression and recession. And um, everyone was just alive. It was like, yeah, let's take the power back. And the, and the punk, you know, the punk music. Oh, God, Johnny Rotten yeah. and... You know, I think it was Fuck the Queen, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Wait, is it is. Yeah. It, that's what you're saying. Is people thought, you know what? Let's take a, a messed up situation and mm. let's empower ourselves with it. Let's empower the people. Let's get the yeah. messages out. And exactly. then it kind of came out with, um, I was thinking, oh, what they called, um, oh, De La Soul. And they were like, yeah. okay, there's a lot of aggression there, so let's make this nice, you know. And yeah. with them... Like take and Eminem, shit, turn it into gold. <laughs> yeah, and that's more like, okay, let's be more peaceful. But you do, you've got like, you think of the journey and you've got rappers like Eminem and they go, this is my story. I've been down there and they've made a decision somewhere along the line and gone, I'm not going to go down like that and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to earn loads of money because yeah. why not, you know? And they've done it and that's... that's that, that is the perfect example. But people every day go, yeah, but that's a rap star, that's a music star, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But we can use that in every single situation of our daily lives if we exactly. want to.
1: Yeah, exactly. You have that power of choice. And, you know, it's interesting, one of my favourite teachers, Derek Rydell, taught me once, he actually said to me, he's like, you know, we all have free will, but your ability to utilize your free will is based on your level of awareness and awakening. And mm-hmm. he says, if you are very unconscious and you're constantly reacting and you're an ego and you're in separation, et cetera, et cetera, he says, you are not going to be aware of your power of free will. And mm-hmm. I saw that a lot in my hometown because I'm in the Northern Territory of Australia and our crazy government literally instilled one of the world's most extreme vaccine mandates and I witnessed firsthand the destruction it wrought on my community. And Mm -hmm. what broke my heart the most was so many people believing, you know, that the government had power over them and that they didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. It's like I wanted just to hug them and say you do have a choice. You are Mm -hmm. so incredibly fucking powerful being. You are a creator. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. can create your reality with your thoughts, you you know, your emotions, your energy. But, you know, it's like they're not on that playing field yet and that's part of their awakening is when you get stripped of your identity, when you get stripped of your support systems and your, um, you know, external things, then you're forced almost to rely on the true source which is within you. Mm. It's like the universe Mm. will bitch slap you if you make anything or anyone outside of you your source, it will Mm. bitch slap you to wake you up to turn home to source. So I feel on a big level this COVID has been a great blessing and even the Mm. government being a narcissistic prick has been a gift because (laughs) it's waking people up to go, hang on, Mm. Uh, being stripped and wake and, yeah, stepping into their power and coming out yeah. of all that. But there's a fine line again, other people going into victimhood.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's always, a, there's always that good. This is what always comes back to the good, the bad, the yin, the yang, the dark, mm-hmm. the light. There's always a balance. There's always a, like uh, an equal um, opposite. And, mm. yeah, it's like, okay, and I, I, I do this on myself. Like if I'm, you know, having a bit of a Debbie Down a moment, it's like, oh, poor me. I was like, hang on. I've got this awesome house, this awesome life. <laughs> I'm still alive. I've got two legs, two arms. I've got this Yay. awesome family. You go, you just gotta change your perspective and you go, Life is fucking good. Yeah. And you go, How did I ever think it wasn't good? And it it's those monkey mind, it's all of this. I think this is the that was the whole purpose of doing this podcast. Is yeah. it all relates back to ancient wisdom? This is not new. Yeah. It's all ancient teachings, Buddhist, Tao, like you know, Dalai Lama, every all of it, and we're trying to relate it to modern day life and say, look, actually we're modern day witches, this is what it means. Mm-hmm. And this is how it can help your life. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna wrap things up because I had a huge cup of tea. Really <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> and I'm holding on, holding on, going, I can't hold on much um, so i i have been up uh, for um any listeners um you're hanging on there well done is um i we're gonna draw out a different idea for each week with um out of our literal witch's hat mine is a baseball cap hat um <laughs> i've literally been making them as we do this i've got about 15 in front of me um so we can literally pick one out of the hat each week and go right we're going to talk about boom this and mm-hmm. if there's anything listeners want to know out there or any questions Please always jump in because I've got the chat in front of me. I can see it. Can you see it at your end, Ellen, as well?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, I can. I've got oh, access
0: to that. Perfect. Yay. Um, <laughs> and, and is there anything else you want to say before we leave off? very first podcast because i have
1: really really enjoyed this yeah i really enjoyed it too thank you so much and um yeah no i think just um yeah have it i think the card i drew today from mother mary was um just rest nurture love yourself look after yourself and trust that all is well and um yeah rest <laughs> that's a big road i'm getting today rest 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 i think i'm gonna have a nap after this show today
0: yeah <laughs> really rest
1: we receive um guidance and blessings and You know, when we're too much in our masculine, do, 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 go, 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 Um, you know, we forget to just tap back in and just be with what is. And like you just said, enjoy and have gratitude and appreciation for what you have now, where you are now, where you are is perfect. And, you know, in a simple prayer, it's just saying, I'm willing to see things differently.
0: Mm, And what a powerful message because I'm always saying to my clients, I'm like, you know what? Just stop. Just Mm -hmm. stop and breathe. Even just for five minutes, people find it so hard because we've been socially conditioned. We've got to be productive, we've got to be seen as busy, we've got to go go do 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 yeah, the same thing. You're going it's so powerful to hear message. You go, Hey, girl, just chill. And you go, and give yourself that permission. And we were talking earlier, we're gonna do a podcast on menstrual cycles because yes. we we're what we're in our forties. Mm-hmm. And and um are you forty? Oh, you uh, nearly there,
1: yeah, 36. Hey!
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's not ages. It, you do you go, oh god, I'm 41 now. Um, <laughs> goes fast. <laughs> but um and yeah, and embracing that and embracing that part of womanhood, but yeah, embracing our menstrual cycle rather than trying to shame it or swallow it, a painkiller, is to go, you know what, I'm gonna allow myself I'm used to, I love I'm gonna embrace your or adopt your um phrase which is going into your cave. Oh. And it's like, yeah, you know what? And I'll do this with my new boyfriend now. It's brilliant. Because so I'm like, hey, I don't want to see you, okay? It's my special time. <laughs> I want chocolate and Netflix and no one around me. That Beautiful. is really simple. And he can he can have his man cave and I have my women's cave. Yeah. And I'll see you on the other side and I'll be myself again. But Love come it. near me and, too, <laughs> Exactly.
1: And I for those that might be wondering what the cave is, it's that when you're bleeding, that's your um. That's your red tent, your cave time to rest and reflect and connect to God, mm-hmm. basically and the your divine. Permission.
0: Yeah. Your permission. Just permission to say, it's okay, you can sit on the couch for an hour. You can yeah. do that.
1: whole day. You want. Yeah. Read a book. <laughs> Three days, four days.
0: Yeah. And actually... And you were saying actually how sacred that is. I try not to go too too much into it, but how sacred that is to honor that time. Because then when you come out, you're still full of this creativity and power. I remember when I was massaging in the corporate world, um, so studies have actually shown if you take just one minute a day to meditate, come away from your desk, close your eyes, meditate or receive a massage, then you are more productive in the rest of your day than yeah. if you just carry on working and it's the same thing if we can just rest go into our cave that time of the month yeah. we will be more productive for the rest of the time it's, that's why we need to remove the guilt of yes. spending time on ourselves especially when we're mums because oh, totally. you know always cleaning and stuff to do and it's, <laughs> it's just like you don't have to do that no. anyway um <laughs> Anyway, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, I can see that the the names have come up, but they're all different letters, so I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. Um, So if you do want to know more about the work that we do, um, if you Google sacred sexuality freedom, um, I'm the Tantric tantric Witch, um, and it will take you to Facebook. Because we're using tantric energy as your gateway to freedom and empowerment and for healing, Um, uh, and Ellen's work is being a wealth creatrix and um if you head to ellen then we have all the information out there otherwise join us next week for our next episode on anything else women and witchy and um we'll be pulling it out of our witch's hat so it'll be a surprise for us just as it much will be for you <laughs> i all think right.
1: we'll get it probably get menstrual cycles
0: <laughs> it's just gonna happen isn't it it's just yep. gonna find its way. right, it, right. <laughs> I i've said I a fifty 50- menstrual $50 bet if that if divine picks it out 50 bucks <laughs> because i tell you i'll just tell let, let me say this really quickly um i did some cards the other day and i drew out i actually just chose a crystal and i was doing it for a close friend and i pulled out a ruby and the ruby said about healing the, the the heart and i pulled it out, and i thought no that's not for her anyway put it back in the cards and i reshuffled drew out another card and went okay that's for her then I thought, actually, I wanna choose one for me. And I remember thinking, if the Ruby comes up again, then it's definitely the Ruby. So I reshuffled, shuffle, 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 boom, <laughs> the Ruby came out. I could not believe it. When I shared it with my close friend, she said, ah, oh, no, that was for me because actually all this stuff's happening for me too. And I was like, oh my God, like it was the card. And like, you're talking 50 cards, the likelihood of pulling the same card twice out of a pack of cards. Perfect. And it happens all the time, all the time to me. So, yeah, so 50 bucks says next week is going to be on the menstrual cycle. Cycles, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well,
1: thank you, Amanda, so much. And um, everyone you. have a beautiful week. Lots of love.
0: Lots of love. Mwah. Mwah. Bye bye. Bye.